Listen up or run for cover. Dropping knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. The, the real Robin Bradley Bombs. is dropping. What it is, Bradley, back again with another episode of Dropping Bombs today in the studio, kids. Do I have a real treat for you? Matter of fact, he's such a treat, I brought him back. He's already been on, folks. You guys remember Steve Haru? What's cracking with Victory up, Selling? Man? Good to be back, man. Says a lot that you'd have me back with all your amazing guests on here, so appreciate you. Well, I like to bring value to the bomb squad. I like to grow the bomb squad, and if I bring people with good value... The Bomb Squad, which are my listeners, tend to grow and share. And the legend of Brad Lee continues oh, let's do it, man. To, to envelop the earth. Um, now, if you guys didn't hear the last episode, old Steve Haru has built himself an extremely successful sales career, haven't you? Spanning right, 22 years. Right. I'm reading your, your I'm bio, old, which, which I always wonder like who reads their bios. Because if you wrote this <clears throat> or some or some publicist wrote this, it always sounds different. However, this says that you built himself an extremely successful career spanning 22 years, helping countless people achieve success. And by the way, you have earned numerous awards and accolades and reached the pinnacle of sales achievement in several different companies. What he's saying is get up on there like it's a wiener. It's there, man. No, up on it like it's a wiener. Not that there's anything what, wrong with that. Why Why are you getting it. closer? If it's a wiener, wouldn't you back up? <laughs> Why'd you just move forward? You just did something like that. What do you want me to do? Like I said, Seinfeld fans, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's right. That's right, man. Um. Anyway, all kidding aside, you're back because you bring value, bro. And I want to talk to you about selling. I want to talk to you about those tests. Yeah. I want to talk to you about the potential of the future because obviously you have a VT system. Yes, sir. You're out there helping companies crush sales quotas. Yes, sir. Yeah. You're just doing it manually. You found out about online. You said, man, let me find out who's the best out there. Change the game, man. Came here, of course. Change the game. However, now you've got a VT to go along with it, but I want to talk more about those tests, dude. Those tests that you're talking about. Sales DNA tests. Yes, sir. The sales DNA test. You can give those tests to a salesperson or a team of salespeople and literally identify down to the frickin' precise area. The block that, in their brain. That, that, that they're screwing up and yeah. or why they cannot do more. Yes, sir. And then, of course, you've got the remedy based on the test. Absolutely. So tell me about that test. Man, it was just a kind find of it? lucky experience. I was doing a keynote uh, for Aflac in New England, and the gentleman that was running uh, New England area said, hey, man, you got to meet a friend of mine. He's got these amazing tools that uh, I think could really benefit you and your business and your clients, and I completely blew him off because everybody that wants me to sell their shit, I don't like, okay? And it's all kitschy and old school and uh, tarot cardish, and I never wanted to use those types of tools to pretend that I understood people. And so when he told me about this, I kind of rebranded it, but the sales DNA test, which is an evaluation for salespeople, I was blown away because it's really the only one that I've ever seen out of thousands that gets into the sales mind and the salesperson inside the person. Most of those evaluations, assessments you see are evaluating the person personality, behavior, aptitudinal, these evaluate the salesperson inside the person. And we get down and dirty and figure out what has been holding these people back. And sometimes it's been for decades, but they would never know unless we did this. And so as a sales trainer or professional, how could I continue to pretend that I would know the solution to what's ailing you without figuring out that internal situation first. It, it, it's like a doctor. You, you screw up your knee, you can't walk. I mean, you're limping. You go to the doctor expecting her to help you, and she doesn't look at you, she doesn't examine you, she doesn't do an MRI, and then says, hey, Brad, we'll see you tomorrow for surgery at 7. I mean, you'd run out the door. 
And that's what 99% of sales trainers do, which is what I've seen is, here's our solution, here's the so-and-so system, and they don't know a damn thing about the person. It's funny because I just, I just had there. Jordan Belford on. Now, he has a straight line system. You have the victory selling system. What is the difference between all those other folks and yours? Like, what makes yours stand out? To go back to that same analogy, it's like a doctor prescribing two Valium to every patient they have, Hell regardless of, of the diagnosis. So what I think we have that's different is we can literally teach individual salespeople, even inside of corporations, different things based on what we find on their sales DNA test. If somebody has a challenge discussing money and they're uncomfortable with those very detailed discussions with clients, we need to figure out why they're having a challenge discussing money. Because nothing I can teach them about closing or prospecting or any of those things is going to fix that one issue. Because in that selling environment, if they're not comfortable, the, the script that I taught them about closing won't come out of their mouth because they physiologically can't get past the money. Or maybe they have a need to be liked. 90 plus percent of salespeople would rather be liked than respected. Now, but, but let's talk about that one because... Yeah. I think the number one reason people buy is because they like the salesperson. Which so shouldn't shouldn't that shouldn't they want to be liked? It's funny you say that. If you were selling something to your mom, your dad, your brother, sister, you were selling them a piece of candy for fifty grand. They're not going to buy it just because you're their son. Or they you like still you. have to right. You, you still have to. But provide don't you think value. liking you is an advantage? It helps, but it's not the only thing. And but but, but but the but the indicator is this person has a need to be liked. Right. I want to make sure people know the difference. Right. Number one, you should want to be liked. We know you, people buy from people they like. Yeah, and, trust, and I right? teach people how to be liked <clears throat> because it's important to be liked. Correct. Humor, interest, how to win friends, influence people, basically. Yes. So I want, I do teach people, if I'm ever teaching them, to be liked. Yes. But I notice that this test... And I'm just trying to tee up because I already know the answer. So yeah. don't worry. It's it's not going anywhere negative. Yeah. But the need to be liked, why is that harmful for somebody? The top. And by the way, before you say that, I also tell people to stop giving a fuck about what everybody else thinks. And that's where it's going. That's the difference, right? Is that the top 6% of people, salespeople, they don't need to be liked in order to make the sale. Keyword, need. They are there to provide value to you. And if it takes them saying, Brad, how many quarters in a row is your plumbing company going to lose money before you do something about it? That's what Even only if it might offend them? Correct. They understand what needs to be said when it needs to be said. The majority of salespeople don't want to offend their prospect or piss them off because they've got a great relationship. And then, of course, they lose the sale, but the prospect still likes them. And we can still go play golf and go to dinner, and they never make the sale. And that's why we have so many people that say all the time, Steve, I've got these great relationships. I'm great at networking. I'm an ambassador at the chamber, but I can never get them to, to purchase from me. That is the thought process that's holding them back is because they think the reason someone will buy from them is because they're liked. That's not the reason. The reason is because you provided value. If they like you, you got a hell of a better chance to make the sale. But if you provide no value, who gives a crap if they like you or not? And that's the difference between that top 6% and everybody else. And there's a degree to it, which is what these sales DNA tests show us, which is, hey, I, I really don't have a need to be liked, but I would prefer to be. You know, they're kind of in the middle. Whereas we say we see somebody that has no need to be liked whatsoever, they are in the top 10% of salespeople routinely because they'd rather be respected than liked. Now, when you're going through this test, is it psychological where you just answer it honestly and it'll reveal these things or are there indicators as to what part it's testing you on? Because like you ever take these tests where you can outsmart the tests like, I'll bet you I could take the test and, and, and get the best score you've ever seen, even though it may not be true. Yeah. Meaning I know the answer you that, that, that should be to, to score well. It's funny because there's multiple correct answers. It's not always just A or B or black or white. 
And when we weight the scores of the tests and we figure out, well, how does this score come out? Half of it is based on somebody's sales DNA, which is literally inside of them, their beliefs, their mindset, their self-limiting beliefs. And then the other half of the score is based on their selling competencies, which are the skill sets. Even the hunting, questions are good, closing, though. and so on. So it's a combination, and they're all weighted differently. So there really is no way to kind of beat the test because you don't know which answer is worth more than the other answer. They're not all just a one-to-one ratio. I just think of that, though, because I'm competitive. <clears throat> I always think, how do I beat this? Yeah. But what's, what's key is even if you administer the test, ask the questions, just the questions, you realize – you're not a very good sales manager or a very good salesperson in some cases. Like when I was doing the sales manager one, yeah, it's asking me, how much time do you dedicate training? How much time do you dedicate doing this and doing these things? And I'm thinking, fuck, dude, answer those honestly. It's, it's typically gonna, not it's, enough. Yeah, it, but it's, it's going to show you, dude, you ain't doing <clears throat> jack shit you correct. should be doing. Like how much time you you training? People what? Oh, you know, we'll train 10% of the time. Okay, how much time are you doing this? And you've got 15, 16 different things I'm supposed to fill out. I took a snapshot of just those things because I'm like, dude, see, that's documentation of what I should be paying attention to every day. I knew it, but I could never word it as good as that and categorize it as good as that. I took it together. I took a snapshot almost like, dude, that's my new, like, I want to report for those. Why? Because those are great. And if you really answer them honestly, you realize even though you're technically a sales manager, you ain't managing shit. Or you're managing the wrong shit. Correct. Or you're so busy in the weeds, you you really, like like I know sales managers that are the best salesmen, and I caught you motherfuckers asking me that question. Like, how many are, uh, deals are you doing? See, I already knew. Like, I can't answer this honestly because if I write the truth... I'm gonna, they're going to say, Brad, CEO shouldn't be fucking selling shit or the manager. You should let the salesman sell shit. You know, how likely are you to step in if you see a salesman losing a deal? I'm like, 100% of the time, motherfucker. Like, I, I, I ain't letting the deal go. That's a problem if you're in upper, upper management. Big time. Right. See, but most people don't want to. They just want to walk around bravado and say, dude, I'll freaking, I'll jump in a deal. Hey, man, hey, it goes to the bottom line, man. Anything to make the deal, uh, a company money. When in reality, I forget who did it one time, but I saw an exercise where if you let someone, for example, um, do what they do well, and they're, and that's all, and they're supposed to do what they're supposed to do, and you have 10 people doing a two, right? Let's say level two to five, and three people doing a five, right? Those three people, almost outperform 20 other people. Right. So if you just got the formula right and you could figure out where to tweak, <coughs> it shows like your productivity skyrockets when you do the math. And it, and, and I can't remember the, the, the example. I wish I could. But basically it shows managers who are doing the work and they, they really are working hard 80 hours a week and they're, and they're passionate and they're loyal and they care. But they don't realize but by, but by doing the work, you're you're keeping keeping everybody average. Oh, so many <clears throat> so many sales managers are spread way too thin as well. And and they might have never learned how to coach and teach and train and inspire and I never did. Properly, Nobody right? showed me how to do that Same shit. Same as me. They go, Oh, you're the number one guy. Why don't you run a sales team? Yeah. And I was a bad manager in the beginning because I didn't understand why people couldn't perform. Uh, it's kind of like the uh, uh, Ted Williams syndrome, right? Last guy to hit 406, one of the worst managers in the history of the Red Sox. He couldn't understand why his players couldn't see the spin on the curveball. He just couldn't get it. He's like, why can't you see it? I can see it. And that's a big challenge, right? When people that are really successful in sales go into leadership. Get up on there like this here. So it's important to understand that. Is that better, sir? Yeah, I'm watching the little lines. When yeah, you, when you talk, it looks like a whisper. When all I right, talk, right. it looks like I know, like and I'm people thunderous. say I have a low voice already. So, well, not only that, but people <clears throat> raise up the the volume to listen to you, and then I get up in there and go, "What up?" And they're like, "Son <laughs> of a bitch!" I blow out their speakers. Back they lower down. it back down. Then yeah. you come on, lower it back up. But I I can just tell by the the the, the slashes in this timeline. So. I want people to hear you because most people, listen, I say something 50 times, no one's listening to it. You come along, say one thing, one way with one analogy or metaphor, bam, and it sinks into someone's head. So I love like basically 
asking people their way of saying what I've been saying. And just because you're, you think you're working, it doesn't mean you're working. And that, that test I was taking, just the questions made you realize, shit, this ain't going to go very well. Man, when I took it and I got my results, I was ready to jump off a building. Right? I'm like, but you answer honestly? Of course. See, I didn't want to. Well, I, I'm like, man, I suck at sales. It'll pro- right? It probably showed you that I stopped. No, it was, it was really weird because I was like, okay, wait a second. I was, you know, number one in Cutco, number one in app. Like I've been, you know, pretty successful, right, over the years. And I'm like, man, I really need to get better at this and this and this. And this is why I'm not as successful as I could be. And that's the best part about it is, are you fulfilling your full potential? Not really about, can I be number one in my company? And all that. can you be the best you can be? And if you go into this evaluation with that mindset, that's where you start to become a winner. That's where you start to become a true leader. And another cool thing when we're doing these for corporations and we're finding out about different roles that people have in sales, right? Maybe someone's outside sales, maybe someone's an account manager we can actually tell if they're in the right role. And what I see so many times in companies is they have, let's just say, the seven-foot guy playing center because he's seven feet tall. Not because he has the skill set to be a center, but just because he's tall. And they got the short guy playing point guard because he's short, but he can't handle the freaking rock. But they make him a point guard because he's short. And that's kind of what I see with a lot of these other evaluations and tests where they go, oh, she's a purple. She should be doing this or he's a high D. He'll be great in sales, which there's no science behind that whatsoever. So we can even find out if people are in the right roles inside of a company and they might be two great people but they're just in the wrong roles. And when we make that change, man, things just start to flow. And you do this for companies all the time. So folks, if you're listening, you're thinking, damn, that sounds interesting. Go to victoryselling.com. Bet you 50 bucks he's got an assessment you can take and or an assessment your team can take, your entire squad, and then the results you go over with them, like full consultation style. Yes, sir. But he goes over all what they mean and then obviously you can, you know, now be completely aware of as to how to double, triple, quadruple your sales business. Because if you fix the sales team, I would say fix. Ultimately, what you're what you're proposing is that instead of 20 percent selling 80 percent of your business, what if your whole sales team was as badass as your top? What would that mean? And that's how you do the numbers. That's what your projection would be. Be like, man, if if Steve could come get my 80% to operate like my 20%, how many more of whatever I would be making. Now you times that by average copy, average per copy, whether it's a car or a house or a freaking music contract, doesn't matter. Lawn job, pool job, doesn't matter. Massage, yoga class, whatever. Do the math and you'll know if it's worth it. Because what if he's, what if he's wrong? What if, he, what if it doesn't work? Well, then you threw away X amount of dollars and you're, and you're going to call Steve Haru a piece of shit <laughs> and you're going to put a bad review out there. How many bad reviews does Steve Haru have? Not any that I've seen. Luckily, None, son. Have you way. Googled yourself? Uh, not See, here's a fucking, here, let me school you a bit. Yeah. Google yourself. Everybody right now driving around, I don't care who you are, go Google yourself. In fact, do me a favor. Everybody go to Google right now and type in Brad Lee, L-E-A, and then hit enter into Google and tell me what comes up. Everybody tell me what comes up. And if anybody finds the hidden message, there's one hidden (laughs) message. It's not so hidden you won't see it, but I'll know you looked it up if you tell me the, the sentence I'm looking for. But everybody listening to this podcast, doesn't matter if it's a replay, doesn't matter if it's two years old, man, go to Google, type in Brad Lee, L-E-A, type it in there, hit enter, see what happens, then let me know. Now, back to you. You need to know what the fuck comes up on Google about you. Do you know that? I. Everybody listening needs to know what comes up on Google about you. Why? 
Because, dude, a lot of times nothing will come up, which is, believe it or not, better. Probably, yeah. Oh, no, that's a good thing. Yeah. But it's not. It's also a bad thing. So, so how do you build a personal brand, and why should you build a personal brand? Well, it takes time, energy, but really, it's it's your reputation. It's it's your it's your credit, your person credit. Uh, about a you know who are you? If you Google somebody, and the whole entire page is pictures of them accepting awards on TV shows, being interviewed, walking on stage. What do you instantly think? Credibility. Oh yeah, this dude's real. This late, this girl, this girl's serious, man. Holy moly! Go, go, Google Brad Pitt. Boom, the whole page. If you Google somebody's name and you don't have a full page, you got work to do. Not a half a page. That's good. Full page, top to bottom. When someone types in your name, better have you from top to bottom. That's how you know if you're fucking real. And that's, by the way, when shit starts to get decent. Yeah. Now, if you type in Bradley, well, I'm not even going to tell you. Just go do it. You want to know another reason you should know? Is because, dude, what if it does say, oh, I bought this Haru program, and you don't even know the person. Right. You didn't right. even get, like the other day, we I, I had a random survey sent out to a couple people that canceled Lightspeed after they spun it up. Now, keep in mind, I just got it to where you can spin up Lightspeed without anybody here. Before we always were involved, had to be. So I, you know, want to scale. So I'm like, okay, people have to do this themselves. So a couple people spun up a system and then like, I think the next month they canceled. So I said, find out why. One of the reasons was, um, you sold me a Ferrari and gave me a Flintstone car. And the other one is, was, it was way too complicated. So now I'm, now I'm like looking for their phone number. I want to talk to them personally. Why? Number one. Who, how, how are you calling it a Flintstone card, dipshit? You don't know how to use it, which yeah. is our fault, not his. And then the other one, it was way too complicated. Again, you don't know how to use it. Not his fault, mine. So I lost two sales because we as a company failed to realize that when someone logs in, they might consider, I don't know what I'm doing. Let's make it easy. But the guy that said Flintstone card blew my mind. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that other than I want to talk to those some bitches. Well, the, it's funny that you just mentioning that, knowing all the tools that Lightspeed provides, it's amazing that even we talked about in our conversation today, that's why Lightspeed's so valuable to us as a company, because all the content, all the lessons, the remedy that we built to help people solve their problems after they do the sales DNA test is delivered through Lightspeed. I mean, not only is it customizable, right, for each individual, but even for companies, where we can brand it and license it and have these amazing people use this tool as a sales manager, as a sales team to improve. It's not just, again, the generic one size fits all training. It's let's figure out what your issues are on your individual team with your individual salespeople and start to work on those immediately with those salespeople specifically. And that's why I'm so pumped about our conversation today because no one's offering that can, no, no dude i it sounds like to me like dude if your system works like it should and again i'll tell you what to do you got to do it but if it works like it should it it'll probably be the most revolutionary tool the the sales industry's ever seen it's pretty game changing because I'm dude there's a lot pumped. of good content like my master class tons it's, of it. it's good content dude but it it just lays on whomever Right now, there's some interactivities to determine a few things, but dude, we're not doing some big sales assessment. I don't know what your DNA is. I'm violating the same shit you're saying all the other idiots do the are doing. Thing. And while we're doing is we're saying, here's our way, and you learn our way, and you will win. Which, by the way, there is truth to it. You know why? Because I've seen people go from zero to hero with my shit. Oh yeah. But I didn't. I did not do a sales test. I wish I could have assessed them and then specifically went in and tweaked where they really needed tweaked. Cause what I probably did is waste their, I probably wasted a lot of their time going over shit. They didn't need to go over. Right. Could we get them there faster, quicker, yes. better? Huge. That's the goal, right? Way faster. Because That's again, like let's say you assessed me and it's like, you know what? Brad has attributes here, 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 you know, he's pretty damn good, but he's a little weak here and a little weak here. If you walked in and said, Brad, you don't need 20, fucking hours of training you know what you need you need to go master these two things now you bring those two things up which by the way are compound on the other things Big time. so now all of a sudden boom i start kicking ass i get reinvigorated now all of a sudden you just took a top dude 
and made him even a better dude, that shit never happens. Usually sales training goes into an organization. You, you take the bottom 10, 20% and bring them up a little bit. You know, it's very rare that you take the top producer in that right. organization and double their business right? with small little tweaks. And they wouldn't even know what to tweak yeah. because in their mind, they're number one. They're top salesmen. They got no issues. And until you show them scientifically, here are your mental issues. You know, they're just staying. I mean, they may be the top, but what if they could be double? It's funny that it could be that one little thing. And we, we talked about this need to be liked that a lot of salespeople have. That shows itself in so many different areas. Hunting, closing, selling on value, prospecting. So many different areas are affected by that one negative thought. And if we just flip the switch there, all these different competencies start to improve. All right. Now, let me ask you some questions. Yes, sir. Because um, I want to make sure that uh, we get some raw out of this podcast here let's do it just some raw some steve haru like back in the day so you're growing up you leave high school how old are you 18 and where do you live uh boston you're in boston yeah you don't have a boston accent i fixed that you fixed it yeah moved to arizona people would make fun of you hey say park the car say that i'm like i don't want to say that you guys saw the Super Bowl commercial yesterday with Smart Pack. So you grew uh, up in Boston. So you grew up in Boston. You're a Patriots fan. Yeah. Did it break your heart that we fucking eliminated them? No, got six. When I say we complaining about when I say we Yeah, you the rest of the universe, you mean? Yeah, it's funny like everybody's all happy. I wasn't happy. Like at the end of the day, guys, quit fucking hating on winners or you won't be a winner. And I don't think they cheer care. winners on, admire winners, emulate winners, learn from winners, but don't hate winners. Anyway, I was just joking. Yeah. Only because I know Boston love their fucking Patriots. Hey, their bad year was 12 and four. Everyone else's bad year is four and 12. You know, their bad year is 12 we'll and right. four. And that's, yeah. that was uh, KC's record going into the deal, wasn't yeah. it? So anyway, I don't want to get into spots or sports. How do you sports. say it? Yeah. But you grew up in Boston. You yeah. didn't know the Wahlbergs, did you? Uh, I actually met Marky Mark, um, you didn't which know he will though. be called Marky Mark. I'm not going to call him Mark Wahlberg. Uh, the guy left the Super Bowl, okay? The one I was at, Patriots down 28-3, left at halftime and blamed his kids. I mean, come on, dude. When they came back and won? Yeah, so I don't so I bet Fair he was pissed fans, off. you know. No, you know, he was pissed off. Yeah, Marky Mark, that's his name. He didn't want to see his fucking beloved Pats no. lose. Hey, we, Anyway, we you grew stayed. up in Boston. You're 18 yeah. years old. Your parents rich? No. Broke? Uh, no, but blue collar. Dad, yeah, dad worked two jobs. Mom, administrative assistant. They worked their ass off so I could go to a really good school. So you and, went to college, uh, yes, sir. And then what'd you master in? Uh, so or major I in? went to school for accounting, and then I'm like, this sucks. Um, and then I switched to marketing, right? Not even knowing what I wanted to do, but I had to pick something other than accounting. What and, do they teach you in school about marketing? Anything about today? Any no, digital we shit? Were, no, we were talking about Crystal Pepsi and. Stuff like that back in the day. Yeah, because again, stuff. dude, nowadays, if 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 a person on TikTok can be bigger than freaking a, a, I a athlete, wish I had all that stuff back then. I mean, uh, yeah, but you have it now. Yeah. So did that marketing education help at all? No. So that school, would you say, was worth my, my no? What would you get out of school? I, I, that's expensive. I'm, yeah. I mean, was it worthless? I got in debt. No, because I got use? my closest because I got my closest friends in life, and so. There's no ROI see, for that. See, folks, what do I say? Have you ever heard? I don't know if you've heard my shit or not, but when people say, should I go to college? I'm like, yeah, if you want to be a doctor and you have to go to college. Otherwise, I'd still go. See, most gurus right now are on the don't go bandwagon. I wouldn't say don't go. You're robbing these kids of a fucking experience. Yeah, I would never trade it. I'd say go to college if you can, man, but not if you think it needs to be. you need to be rich. You need to do it to be rich. Not if you're going to waste four years. Not if you want to look at it negatively, because I can also positively make uh, a bright side out of the kids that don't get to go to college. I never went to college, um, but I get a lot of people that went to college working for me. So that what's that tell you? Yeah. You don't need, you don't need a fun college degree to, to be successful, but you will meet people. You yes. will make re- relationships that you may lean on in the future that are, that are key to your success or to accelerate it. 
not to mention all the parties, all the experiences, all the social involvement. You learn how to get along. You learn how to freaking talk to people. You learn how to respect people. You learn, you, you might learn by getting your face smashed because you made some rude comment to a girl and then you never make it again. Listen, you, those are priceless experience lessons that you're never getting back. And you're going to make friends that you're never going to get back or, or have another opportunity. Like I've got high school, I've got, uh, friends from a long time ago, but I, you know, all my old high school buddies and grade school buddies, they're all back in like cottage grove still. Some of them here and there, but I don't, I don't remember them. We're not buddies. I wish I had old high school buddies that I've known for my whole life. You can't get those back, dude. No, it's a a thing. A lot of salespeople talk about when we, we teach networking or I do classes or lessons or whatever. And you know, you see people that say, oh, I didn't get anything out of my, you know, group or I didn't get anything from the chamber. Probably didn't give anything. Because, then. yeah, you, you went in with a complete wrong expectation. One of my best friends on the planet I met at a networking group. So what's your ROI on your best friend? But nobody thinks that, right? They don't even, I spent $800 and I've got one client. But that's because Depends you went on in with the best wrong friend expectation. Because your know? best friend can quickly become your worst mm-hmm. friend and or your not friend. Could, but it could become your spouse. And many of <coughs> you guys probably listening, maybe you met your spouse somewhere like yeah. that where you didn't go in, you know, thinking I'm going to make a sale. And you met your dream girl, your dream guy, whatever. That has to be the attitude, right? When you go in, it's yep. not about what can I get, right? What can I give? And again, givers gain. We've heard this a million times. Reciprocity, right? The best human trait you could possibly have. So when you go in with the right expectations, you win. And that's why salespeople should not go in. Think, I just want to sell this guy. No. Go in go with the, the mindset of, I want to show value to him or her. And if I can show value, then they will then say, how do we move forward? Would now, they say it all slow like that? No. How would they say it? So I, it's funny. They uh, probably wouldn't even say it. They just think it. Well, we talked about some of the ABC stuff before and how I'm really not a fan of ABC. Okay. Is, what's ABC? Always be closing. Okay. Um, I think that stuff went out with Beepers, which is 1992, right? Who? We don't have fucking Beepers, Beepers anymore for a reason. Did right? you just say Beepers? Yeah, Beepers, not Beepers. Oh, Beepers. Beepers, right? <laughs> we don't have Beepers because there's something better. Now we got Beliebers. We, we don't do ABC because there's something better. And so I put this post up on LinkedIn like a year ago and got all these crazy views, right? And it was just a rant about ABC, you know, enough with this shit. And I got all these crazy messages from people. Oh my God, you got to talk to my boss. You got to talk to my, you got to talk to my husband, right? And they said, what's the one thing besides closing? If you could teach somebody something in sales, what would it be? And I said, it's the ability for your prospects to ask you, what's the next step, Brad? How do we move forward, Brad? When do we start, Brad? That's when you know you've done that sales process properly. And that's the stuff we help people find out, right, with these sales DNA tests. Because they might not know what's holding them back. And they're just reciting the closing questions they got told to do. And that's not ever going to work. Okay, so you're 18. 18. Running around trying to be Marky Mark. No, no. I was the quietest kid you've you ever met in your life. No, literally no words in high school, right? Head down in homeroom. Nerd, no dances. Nerd or just no, introvert? Introvert, big time. Okay. Like played sports, but never went to the parties. When did you first hump? Uh, 18. Okay. College, That's, freshman yeah, year. Yeah. You're, you were raised properly, sounds like. Yeah. Lo- I mean, my parents did a great job and taught me work ethic, right? Yeah. But I was really shy. And so freshman year of college, I wanted to get a what was job. The, what was the guy's name? Which guy? The first time. Your uh, first time? Just, just messing I think it. his name was Bruce. Didn't you tell me that? Hey, in the listen. bathroom? So listen to me. You're, you're in high school. I mean, you go, you go to college. You yes, do sir. the accounting. You're like, this is boring. You jump to marketing. Yeah. You graduated with a what? Well, this, go back to even freshman year because I didn't know really what marketing was. And then I needed to get a job because I wanted to help my parents pay for college and so on. And I got this job. They didn't tell you what it was. They just said, here's the number, call it, and show up. And so I showed up, and then they told me the job was selling knives. Cut and, and many of you guys, you've heard this before, right? So We've all cut our teeth on cut yeah, knives. So it was cut I didn't, though. I went home, told my parents, right? And my dad goes, you're not doing that. 
I said, what do you mean? He goes, one, you don't talk. Two, nobody's going to buy your knives. And three, I'm not giving you the money for the knife kit. So I thought, okay. You have to buy your own knife kit? No, I made my, had my mom do it. Uh, but, so, but that's their... Oh, they, yeah, that's the thing, They right? sell you the kit? Sell you the kit. See, that's a scam. Not no, a scam, no, but no. That's, the, that's the... What do you call it? That's the tech... That's the... You you look back now because you got like $500 worth of knives for 100 bucks. You look back now and you're like, what a deal. I wish I bought four more of these. Yeah, anyway, I definitely. I definitely didn't mean scam. I mean the, no, but the, that's, the, the shtick. Like that's, they, they sell you the thing. That's them selling knives, whether you like it or correct, not. Correct, because you got to have the stuff to show to sell, right? And right. So, so they um, talked you into selling talk, knives. Yes. Yeah, so. And closed you, and you and you came up with how much money? One hundred fifty bucks. And I didn't and, come up with the money. I had to borrow it from my parents. And then you started knocking on doors. No, I um, you know, call the people you know. I'm a, from a family of three, literally me only, right? My mom and dad. So I didn't have a lot of family to sell to. And so when I started going out there selling knives, I didn't want to read their stupid script because it was full of sales speak and just bullshit. And I said, I'm not going to say this. And I'd never done sales, but I knew I wasn't going to say that. So I just went to the store and bought a bunch of food. You were one of those coachable fellows. And that's what I just brought to the people's houses. And we cut the food up and people started buying stuff. And I ended up the number one rep in all of New England. It, right? Was anybody else cutting food up? No. See, that was just a smart way to demonstrate the knife. I, I like to cook. I, I didn't follow scripts or do any of the stupid shit. So you invented your do. own way out of pure intuition. I, I guess so. Yeah. See, it's like one time I got a job selling toothbrushes. Oh, man. Now, they didn't really want me to. They didn't think I would sell any. So I went out. They gave me like a thousand of them wanting me to come come back with a whole bunch left so they could fire me. The guy that hired me didn't really like me. So they give me these way more than they gave anybody. I came back, none left. They're like, no way. Where's the money? I give them the money. They're like, holy shit. They gave me twice as many the next day. They really wanted me to fail. I go back. I, go, I come back. They're like, any toothbrushes left? I'm like, nope, sold them out. They're like, damn, dude, tell me the truth. Where's the money? I give them the money. They're like, what are you saying? What are you doing? I said, well, let me show you. I take out a table. I lay out these candies. I freaking lay out the toothbrushes. And then I say, would you like to have a candy? And they take a piece of candy while I'm getting the rest of my stuff out. And then they take a bite of it. And they're like, ooh, this tastes like shit. And I'm like, it is shit. You want to buy a toothbrush? <laughs> See what I'm saying? This doesn't surprise you me. Created your, you created your <clears throat> you created opportunity. Yeah, you yeah. create the market. You, you, you got creative. You didn't need their scripts. You said, man, there's got to be a better way to... To, to do this and you proved it but i'm warning people that are listening don't do that okay because that's scary shit that's like he you got lucky i did you, you were you were you were uh uh savant or something because guess what you were number one now if you'd have quit not that story i would have said see why didn't you just follow the way right way it was? follow the direction because what if i what if yeah. i buy the victory selling for my team and then some dickhead comes along and doesn't want to do what i'm telling him to do that works yeah. That'd usually be a bad fit. I wouldn't be good advice. However, in retrospect, worked out just fine for you. So forget the lesson. But the but the point is, you got lucky. You invented a better way. You kicked everybody's ass. And then what? So then I started uh, doing that all through college. I stayed through college senior year. You're making all kinds of dough, I'm sure. Good money. I what, kinds, what kinds of top Cutco guy making? Oh, now? Or back then? Then few hundred grand couple hundred grand so you're making a couple hundred grand going no to i was only part-time in school right so but so, if i'm making a thousand a week you know doing five to ten hours but you of said work, you were number one how are you number one senior year in college was number one uh cutco rep in the country and that was during senior year right and I, like and you made a bunch finals, of money all that crap but i just i got motivated because when i started going up the charts there was this girl that was always ahead of me and I found out that she was getting handed orders by her boss. Those are called spoons. Who was a little more than knives. her boss, right? And so I'm like, I have got to beat her. I'm going to do this legitimately, right? Not getting handed jack, you know what. So Spoon that's fed. what motivated me to, to get to number one. And, and you're, so, you're insinuating that she was doing the I'm not doing insinuating it. I'm saying it. She was humping uh, the boss? <laughs> So, so, hey, if you guys were working, it, it if came you guys were to, working let's just say it came ago, to my attention from somebody else in that office, right? So now I know I got to beat this girl who's, by the way, really good at selling knives and she's getting free orders. So it wasn't for the money. It wasn't for anything other than to say 
that I beat her, right? And that I was able to get to number one from a kid who didn't say anything to anybody for 18 years. You said you got to beat her, but the person spoon feeding her the deals got to say something else. Well, hey, but not my concern. Hey, again, I'm just trying to be funny. So, so now you kicked ass senior high school. You graduated, then went. You're not with Cutco anymore. I'm trying to get to a quick. Yeah, stayed stayed with them six years. Six years. Teams. Right. Were were you ever full time with them? Yeah. Yeah. After college. Okay. So Um, after college, you were full time. What's the most you made as a Cutco salesman? Oh, a couple hundred thousand. So a couple hundred G's you were rolling around. That was good money back yeah. in the day. Maybe hundred and fifty thousand, now that I think about it. Yeah. Maybe not two hundred. So but um, but 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 you're going you're going around are you running a team, right? So I wasn't teaching, selling anymore. Are you teaching people teaching how to train your style? Yes. Did cut co care? Uh no. As long as you were productive. Yeah. Is it almost like you're an independent? I mean, they want you to do a certain way, but I rewrote all the scripts and rewrote the training manual and Again, we had a really high average order, so why would we change it, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I kind of got a little bit jaded by the recruiting processes because, again, I'm big. um, You guys probably know if you get to know me, but integrity has to be first always, right? It just has to be, and I didn't feel like our little local area had that. So I started looking for something else, and that's when I found Aflac. And so found Aflac, Aflac, right, the duck. You guys know that. Then Uh, you started selling Aflac? Started selling Aflac, yep. And then that made you a bunch. That went well, you know, four years in Boston, 10 years in San Diego. And Aflac's huge. Yeah, luckily got to number one in the country with them and, uh, you know, realized I was good at sales and I wanted to do more and help more people. And that's kind of when I had the idea for Victory Selling and, hey, let's bring this thing to the masses. Yeah, and what's funny is, is, is very similar, my story. When I was running a car dealership, I helped someone out and I'm like, dude, I want to help more people out. Yeah. And that's when I switched. And that's what led to where I'm at today. So you had the same epiphany, and that's where it led to where you are today. See how crazy that is, dude? You were looking to help more people. Turns out now you're working for yourself. You got a freaking unbelievable, you know, book of business. Best decision ever. A lot of, lot of uh, I would say, um, strong testimonials for your product. Yes, I sir. know that you're doing it here for me, which I appreciate. Yes, and by sir. the way, folks, if you're listening, check back and I don't know how long it's going to take 60 days. I'll tell you exactly yeah. how it went. Cause he's going to assess all my sales folks. He's assessing me as a executive and, and my sales manager as a sales manager. You're going to do the whole shebang. Yes, sir. <clears throat> and that my friend, if, 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 if it works big time, I'm going to have you come back on where the whole thing's just going to be a pitch. Because, dude, all I want to do is help people. Guess what? If I don't, if if I can't train you, and you can, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend strongly that people get the information they need to win, whether it's for me or not. I'm not teaching sexual harassment. I think people still need it. I'm not teaching freaking you know a lot of things, but people still need it. And I'm not really even teaching sales and closing. I would say that I do that as an example. Um, people always ask me that they want me to teach them only because they see me online or something. And I say, I don't do it. I have a system that you can access. I have a weekly mastermind you can get on, but I don't teach it anymore. I'm done teaching it. You know why? I've already taught the virtual training system. Now the system can do the foundational work and repeat everything. So it's like, how do you get Brad Lee to spend 24 hours with you? You can't, but you can't, well, without a big paycheck, but you can virtually. So that's what I love about this and you. You can't get Steve Haru to come out to your organization and test everybody and spend time with everybody until now. Before, only the big companies with the big fat checks. Now, any company, small, midsize, or huge, you can issue passwords and have Steve Haru ultimately on staff testing and training, the remedy training for each deficiency. And it doesn't matter, guys, where you're at. If we can help everybody get 20% better, even if that was all we did, and you guys probably know this, right? If, if you improve by 20% a year, your business doubles in five years. So where you're at now, if you're a solopreneur, you're an individual salesperson, and you're making 75 grand, how do we help get you to 90, to 110, to 140? That's the goal. If you're a company doing 3 million, how do we get you to 6, to 9, to 15? That's the goal. It's not overnight success. It doesn't exist. It's about getting a little bit better every single day. But now we know what it takes 
to get that little bit better every day. And it's just not going to happen on the flip of a switch or you going to one weekend event. It's going to happen with you with dedicated training and coaching, knowing exactly where your shortfalls are and exactly how to get better quicker, right? Not overnight, not 20 years, but can we make steady progress and improve our skill sets, mindsets? And you guys are going to see results just like all of our clients have. Boom. So there you have it, folks. Now, listen, keep in mind, people are like, you've heard of Tony Robbins. Well, of course. You've heard of, you know, Zig Ziglar. Well, of course. You know, Brian Tracy. Oh, yeah, of course. You don't understand that there's been a, a lot of time where no one's heard of Tony Robbins. Didn't make him not Tony Robbins. What if old Steve Haru's the next big name in sales training? Is that what you're going for? Hey, if it happens, man, it happens. What are your I goals, just want to help people, man. What are your goals? How can the bomb squad help you? It's a big goal, man, to change the perception of salespeople. That's our ultimate goal with Victory Selling, right? Is to teach people you can be super successful by exhibiting honesty, integrity, humility. You don't have to be in people's faces. You don't have to flash your watch. Nobody gives a shit if you drive a Lamborghini. Can we help people get better? That's the ultimate goal. And if we can do that slowly, quickly, doesn't matter, right? We're here for the long term. So if you ask me what I want to do, that's what I want to do. And that's what you're going to do for life? That's what we're going to do. Now, where are you, gonna, where are you in San Diego? San Diego and... Costa Rica slash uh, San Diego. So I'm going to make a lot of introductions when your content's completely done, your system's done, because we have people that have furniture stores, car dealerships, real estate agents. I've heard you say you don't like dealing with realtors or car dealers anymore because a lot of them won't do it. You'll tell them exactly what to do and they just refuse to do it. Is it because it's hard or they are, are you just dealing with lazy industry? What's the problem with those? I think it might, again, it's not them in specifics in general, but maybe just some of the ones that we've dealt with before, right? That have that, that old school mentality. It's not necessarily the industry. I think it's really the person that has that old school mentality of we've been doing it this way for so long. This is how we've been taught. This is what we're going to die, though. Correct. And so it's just making sure that we're getting in contact with the people that have the right mindset where their ego is not what's driving. Well, that's because you have business. You're not starving for business. Correct. So 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 what happens if like now that you can scale? What if I'm a car dealership or a furniture store or a jewelry store or I'm a sales manager of a, a title company, insurance yep. company? Yep. Um, maybe I'm a, a, a guy. Believe it or not, there's there's like, you know, all kinds of things we can't even think of. Carpet mills. Tons there's, of them. Yeah. So like, what if I'm just one of these people and I'm listening to this? Can it help me? Hell yeah. Starts with you, though. Right. If you believe that you can get better, then we can help. If you already think you know it all. You're the most successful guy, gal on the planet. Hey, I can't help you. See, you, then you can't help me. And it's funny because we have. I already, I already think I'm the coolest. <laughs> you I'm haven't joking. seen your test yet. Uh, <laughs> no, you ain't going to like my test. I already know I'm going to fucking screw it up or master it. But when, as I'm going through, I, I'm like thinking, I know what I should hit if I want to make a good impression. Problem is, is then it won't give me any value. So I was thinking about, you know, not cheating it, but doing it the way I think I'm going to get all high scores. So you go, wow, this guy's freaking a wizard. But then how do I get any benefit if I'm lying on the test? Like that's stupid. I'm going to do it where I, where I literally answer it honestly. And because I'm not a salesman, I'm the CEO. A lot of the questions did not apply to me. However, I'm taking a salesman's test. So so I'm going to act like when I was a salesman, what did I think? Right. And, and that's what I'm going to put. And some great. of them is like, does your management let you? I just got to be like, you know, back in the day, would I have said yes or no? So I'm trying to think like a salesman, but I'm also taking the executive one. Correct. Executive, sales manager, salesperson, right? So we have three different I know, ones, but like it says different. you manage sales managers. Correct. I technically don't. I, the VP of sales manage, manages yep. the sales managers, and we don't even have sales managers yet. So like in some cases... I'm building up. I just hired that right. downstairs team. So it's like, we're, it, they're not normal. Like if you, if you surveyed a huge company that's been in business for a long time, they're going to have all these tiers. Well, and that's true because when we look at an individual company and their process, their hierarchy, we don't just give a generic evaluation. We're actually taking the content from the client first. 
saying, hey, we sell widgets in Poughkeepsie, New York, and I want to know how do we get better at selling widgets. So all the info we take from the client helps us build that evaluation, right? So we're actually testing on can these people get better selling widgets in Poughkeepsie, New York, not Will he be a good salesperson because he's a high D? He's got a good personality. There are specific evaluations down to the specific salesperson in each company. And you're so gonna no implement two companies will have the same. And you're going to implement those here. So how are yes, we sir. getting better at selling light speed? Correct. That's what we're looking for. See, and I'm excited. And folks, if you guys want to find out, check back here in a month or two. Yep. We and, just, and, and ask me, hit me up on the DMs, the real Brad Lee. Follow me if you're not following me already, fool. Share this out with your friends, neighbors, aunts, uncles, friends, and relatives. Why? Somebody might be looking for a guy like Haru to come in there and freaking, you know, give him a dose of, of reality. And if, and, yeah, if you guys, by the way, and I don't know if we, if we um, talked about it, even if you want to learn more, right, just find out, well, what's in this DNA test, right? Go to salesdnatest.com. You can look at it, right, and just see if it's something that makes sense for you. But all the people we've been able to help in these companies, they're just blown away by the things that they never would have known otherwise. And that's the best part for me is literally showing people this is why Johnny is not where he should be because they think it's some other reason. Yeah. And when we let them know internally, it's this, they're like, wow, okay, now that makes sense. Now I have an idea on how to coach, train, teach Johnny. Where before we thought it was, Johnny's just not making enough calls or Johnny's just not motivated. Well, we can tell you why he's not making enough calls and why he's not motivated. Where do they and go? That's powerful. SalesDNAtest.com. You can also go to VictorySelling.com. Both of those will have a lot of info for you guys to take a look. But uh, like I said, man, we are just excited. You see value here. We're going to help you guys and your teams and um, just love the opportunity to share. You own SalesDNA.com? SalesDNAtest.com. Oh, test. I was yep. going to say, that's a pretty damn good one. I wish. we had. Yeah, SalesDNAtest.com. SalesDNA test, folks, if you guys want to see it. That is test. it. And then Victory Selling also. Yes, sir. I'm going to put a little spot on the old. Uh, Thank you, man. On the old swipe up stories. And folks, as always, appreciate you coming by, by the way. Thank you, man. Um, folks, uh, as always, I ask you to share this out with somebody only because um, there's 16 people somewhere on this planet that have, haven't heard dropping bombs. And my goal is to reach every last person on the planet. And only you can help. So share this bitch out. Give me a rating so I shoot up the charts and attract more people. And as always, keep it real. Mm -hmm.